Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. It's the OPP, gang. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can follow me on Instagram at McCormick or Optimal Performance Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And on today's episode, I am so excited to bring to you today's guest, Dr. Ted Achacoso. Dr. Ted Achacoso earned his college degree in biology at the age of 18, 18, and his doctor of medicine degree at age 22. At 25, he was a fellow of interventional neuroradiology and a research professor of pharmacology and toxicology in Manila. He has one of the highest IQs of any doctor on the planet. He's a polymath. He has one of the highest IQs actually ever measured, 186 to 210. And uh, he is a fascinating person. He is a, a shaman of Bonpo, which is a Tibetan uh, discipline, also Zogchen, just a fascinating, fascinating person. He formulates uh, compounds. He is a, a champion for uh, reversing age, and he's been on all the big biohacking podcasts, um, on Bulletproof Radio, on Ben Greenfield with Luke Story. He's really a, a fascinating pioneer of AI and neuroscience. He's been published. He, you know, he he runs trainings. He trains doctors. Um, just really an incredible, incredible person with this amazing background. And I was really, really pleased. He, you know, he's a straight shooter. He speaks clearly, and he brings the details. On today's episode, we talk about cellular health and mitochondrial health. We talk about health optimization. His health optimization framework, which he started 11 years ago. Uh, we talk about, you know, in, in medicine, the current paradigm is anatomy, physiology, pathology, pharmacology, then surgery. And this process just is not working anymore. And so in this part one of a two-part episode, we, we really kind of look at cellular health, at individualized health, how we can um, stop lagging behind in our current medical paradigm. There's just, there's so much science out now that we can uh, use to our benefit without getting in this loop of, you know, maintaining sickness and symptoms from disease, but rather looking at the cellular health. Here's a couple of quotes. Mitochondria is not just in the brain. It's everywhere in your body. When you start looking at health, you have to look at the fundamental cell. We didn't have this technology before, but now we do. We are not a superorganism. We are a holobolant. This is the type of episode that just kind of blows your mind, right? It looks at uh, how we can individualize our, our health, how we can reverse aging. Just really fascinating information this episode. And uh, he also develops um, supplements. Um, there's a nootropic called Troscriptions. And if you're following the biohackers on social media, uh, you'll see people with blue tongues and you might think, well, what the heck is that thing? Uh, it's Troscription. Uh, the company Troscription makes a uh, nootropic uh, that's a, called a trochee that goes in between your lips and your gum inside your mouth. It dyes your um, 
your tongue blue because it's got methylene blue in it and uh, helps you focus. Um, and he's got a special offer if you go to Troscriptions and order your own, if you're ex- into experimenting with nootropics, uh, you can get 10% off if you use the code OPP. So you can go to Troscriptions.com and check that out. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. You know, I really enjoyed our conversation and Dr. Ted is such a wealth of information. I know that you're going to get tons from this. This is part one of a two-part series. Uh, In part two, which will be coming out here shortly, uh, we go a little bit deeper into psychedelics. We talk about, um, you know, sort of decision-making and and how uh, how we can be our best selves, not just um, in what we do, but how we are and how our consciousness evolves. So two more things that I'll mention before we jump into this episode. Number one, he loves the OPP. Dr. Ted is a listener and, uh, and we jump right into this episode and I am so excited to bring it to you and you'll find out why. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Dr. Ted Achacoso. At least two weeks, right? And that's happiness. Um, but with the pandemic and stuff, uh, you know, I have a beach house in Delaware and currently in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I check out your podcast and see, well, does he have any interesting guests this week? I thought that anyone who uses the term optimal in his podcast, I have to check it out. Yeah. And you had, yeah, you, you, you have some uh, interesting guests, uh, I would say, you know, uh, um, if there is something on psychedelics in there, I would uh, check it out. If, you know, uh, I said, okay. Uh, I said, uh, he seems to have a good lineup of guests and stuff. So, and then Shaker, Shaker is my pimp. I don't know who I'm talking I, I, I don't, he's my student and I don't know who I'm talking to next. I'm really perfectly happy just being, doing what I do. But he said, no, 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 the world has to get to know you. I said, I don't really fucking care. <laughs> I said, you know, well, I said, let's change the world with our, with our actions, not with way we appear in public, but yeah. he insists. So... Well, I, you know, there's, there's a handful of, um, of guests like yourself that, that I've, that's been, that have been on my radar for years that I just haven't for one reason or another, you know, reached out to or, or, or pursued and, uh, to connect, um, uh, to connect in this way, you know, I'm friends with Evan Britton and you were just, uh, did a podcast yeah. with him and, and yeah, yes. and, and you're right, you know, uh, there's, there's, you know, w- of what I know about you and, and what you, what you are into. Yeah. There's, there's at least a dozen episodes that I've done that, uh, that, you know, may interest you or, or illuminate or, or dive deep into a subject that, uh, that you vibe with. I'm, I'm only interested in kink, man. I'm interested in nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or or um, that, or we're having this conversation because you're such a great manifester. You didn't even ask for me, and my pimp just said, "Hey, it's yeah. time for you to go to Sean." Yeah, right. So, so you must be doing something right, man. I, I, I'm tr- I try, you know, I try, I try to, I try to enter the stream, right, and 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 wherever the waters uh, come from, wherever they go, wherever they take me, I I try to accept and say thank you as often as possible. <laughs> you have the same sheepskin uh, that I have in Delaware um, oh. over there. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I said, uh, okay. 
I, I ought to trust someone with the same taste as I do. That's so. right. <laughs> oh, we're going to get along just smashingly. Um, I, I already hit the record button. We, I can edit this out if, if you wish. Um, when I, when I refer, let's just, let's just, let's just get into it. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, sure. Uh, you know, you, you may remember that I have a typical first question that I ask each of my guests, which is what time is it where you are in the world and what have you put into your body? Yes. Uh, it's 6 6 PM at the U S East coast. And, um, what I have put in my body are um, 36 different types of pills. And um, let me see, uh, a broth lunch and uh, no dinner yet. So that's, that's it. Uh, that's food, right? But uh, what I have put in my body as soon as I wake up is a UVB lamp. Okay, so... Um, exposure to, to UVB and of course uh, one of the things that I uh, 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 tell people is that uh, you know we're we're a dehydrated species you know uh, so soon as I wake up in the morning I actually take a, a couple of glasses of water um, to, to do that and of course being and you know, board certified in anti-aging medicine. I have my hormones and all that kind of stuff because I'm old. I'm not a young guy like you, Sean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I'm sending my epigenetic age soon. So let's see whether or not um, uh, these things uh, work. Um, I know my telomere age is, uh, I just turned 59 and I know my telomere age is 32. So I'm doing something right, right, by, by that count. But let's see uh, what the epigenetic uh, uh, testing would uh, say about my methylation age. But yes, these are um, these are the things that I've put in my body this morning, uh, from this morning to this afternoon. What, what, give us give us just one or two of the strangest pills that were in that thirty six pill concoction. Well, I am actually. Um, uh, testing out uh, a formulation. As you know, I, I uh, started a company around a product because people liked my nootropic, which gives them focus of about two to three hours, uh, three to four hours, right? And um, when I, I, I started that, it was just for myself, really. Um, and uh, I, I formulated it into a gum and people said, can I have some of that? And they started liking it. So I wanted to have it manufactured, but no manufacturer would touch it because it turned all of their equipment blue because it had methylene blue, right? And so it had to be formulated into a buccal trochee. Uh, you know, it's like a lozenge, but you put it between your upper cheek and gum. And uh, and so the I'm testing out the other products that uh, people are are asking for me because uh, I know we'll discuss health optimization medicine, which is a framework for health management that I started. But in that particular framework, there are certain things that you cannot address very quickly. It takes the body around three months to six months to adjust all of its vitamin, mineral, cofactor levels to and hormone levels right into optimal levels, uh, which are levels between 
uh, 21 to 30 years old. So that's your goal, right, is to move all of those levels to that particular age range. And um, it takes a while. And the side effects will be you'll probably have less pain or probably have less anxiety and so on and so forth. But people who are in pain, uh, for example, will uh, need immediate uh, relief, right? So I've been um, experimenting on creating another trochee uh, that uses uh, kratom, right, for for pain. And so I've mixed that with a few other things. And so that's the strangest thing that I took today. It, uh, uh, it doesn't relieve you of any heartache, but it does relieve you of your back aches and all of this other <laughs> No emotional pain relief there. Uh, I mean, but uh, yes, that's uh, one of the stuff uh, that I've taken. Uh, and uh, and then every now and then I would try out um, uh, a new uh, 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 supplement, right? Uh, if, for example, I read uh, a study about it and so on. And uh, you, you know that in, for example, the Krebs cycle, it's an, an epilerotic reaction, right? So we basically, it, provide, it provides a substrate for the next one uh, in the cycle. And there are, um, you know, you know that we, the supplement makers have made all of those metabolites <laughs> in there. We just don't know whether or not they really crossed the mitochondrial membrane because it's a double membrane, right? Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't know if it crosses the, the double membrane, but... Um, one of the things that you can buy is oxaloacetate, right? Uh, and there was a recent study on uh, alpha ketoglutarate, right? And and how and how it may actually um, uh, improve uh, the the Krebs cycle uh, uh, performance. So I'm looking at that, and you know, the uh, one of the side effects that I feel is that. Uh, you know that in 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 uh, in the mitochondria, you if you have excess energy, your body will will store it, of course. But the the uh, other part of it, it is is going to release it as heat, right? And I noticed that you know I, I was trying uh, alpha ketoglutarate, and I said, you know, why am I feeling warm? Mm. You know, warmer than usual. And I, I I suppose that's from a faster metabolism uh, that goes on with with the higher metabolic rate. So th these are things like this. I, I try these things out on myself first. Yeah. Um, before I actually recommend them to patients and clients. <laughs> it's uh, uh, as I said, uh, the only thing that I haven't tried on myself is estrogen. Right. Uh, <laughs> 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 Smart. Rest. <laughs> the rest I have uh, tried on. Uh, the rest I have tried on myself. But yeah. Um, so if, if, for example, uh, I think the study was published out in Nature. If there is some reliable publication out there, uh, not a company-sponsored one, right? Uh, that says, okay, you can uh, try to do this. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I usually try to test those out and see um, because you don't. Although you can measure the levels of this, you know, there is uh, no, the, the, my biggest problem is, yeah, yeah, you know, you can, you can actually uh, increase your, the, the uh, performance of your uh, energy production and so on. But we don't really know whether or not any of these supplements that apply uh, those uh, molecules in the uh, Krebs cycle chain, um, if it's exogenously provided, right, uh, whether or not. Uh, they will cross the double 
mitochondrial membrane. As you know, the double mitochondrial membrane is actually very finicky because the mitochondrion is itself is a bacterium, right? So uh, it it really uh, is uh, uh, semi-autonomous with the way it functions. Uh, the uh, you know the the only thing that it's not autonomous about is uh, you know for the creation of its structure because it offloaded uh, parts of its DNA to the nuclear DNA, right? Uh, because it's very it's very energy intensive for mitochondria to reproduce. If you are continuously, it, it'll be slower if you're going to continuously rely on yourself, right, to manufacture the proteins for your structure. So it has the nucleus actually manufacture those pro those, pro those proteins uh for for your for your the structure and then it imports them into the mitochondria, mitochondria and uses it in division so if you have a hundred quadrillion of these batteries um in fact i was uh, reading uh, today in nature uh where uh they they came out like for example in your brain right and um, uh, the the um in the memory formation you know uh, memories are actually stronger in uh, in uh, memory formation is stronger if your um, uh, neurons have a lot more of the mitochondria supplied at the bouton, you, the the, the bulb-like ending of the synapse, you know, because it has more power essentially to to uh, uh, create the circuit that's necessary for the engram or the neural engram or the or the network, right? Necessary for that memory, and there will be poor memory if you don't have such. So. If you could imagine, Sean, like uh, we know all of these things on a fundamental level, right? Mitochondria is not just in the brain. Mitochondria is also in in the um, uh, in in a, it's everywhere in your body, right? It's uh, in all of your cells except red blood cells, right? Red blood cells used to have mitochondria, but then what happened? You know, uh, mitochondria became a part of hemoglobin. And that's what you give it up for, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is that uh, it's for hemoglobin. So once upon a time, all the cells of the body had mitochondria. And so, you know, I, I tried to um, to get this. You know, in in any system, you actually need. Uh, energy production, right? It's necessary for your for your cellular for your body defense uh, mechanism. For example. Uh, I compare it to, you know, the United States has a huge budget for the military. When you're trying to defend your body, you actually have a big demand for energy, right? So your immunity requires a, a high demand for, for energy. And when it, it's doing that, it, cannot, it, can, it can only apportion so, so little energy for repair. And therefore, right, because repair, well, let's repair that later. We are, you know, fighting for survival or we're, we're uh, defending our system now. So what happens is is that uh, when you you look at that, then if you're not repairing properly, then probably your cell divisions need to divide. Like for example, rapidly dividing cells, like your intestinal epithelia, right? Mm. Um, you know, th th then suddenly you know the any DNA um, uh, 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 mutations that are usually affected. Right, uh, they're usually corrected uh, or, or eaten up by uh, by uh, your defense system. Uh, you know, you're producing cancer cells every day. It's just that your your system is really good at identifying those and eating them up. But if you don't have the energy to do so, mm. right, uh, and and your body cannot repair them, 
you know, so there will be more of them out there. And you could see, you know, that uh, part of bioenergetics, of which uh, we're talking about uh, in, in mitochondria, you know, uh, you, you see the genesis of uh, cancers in those particular uh, level in on a fundamental level. You know, it's, it's in a very fundamental level. I'm looking at um, the fundamental cell. How does it, how is it functioning? You know, how, uh, where is it deriving its energy? How does it maintain its integrity? What does it need in order to perform? Because it's a, essentially a microcosm of what the entire body does. And th this is uh, like the basis now of the health optimization uh, medicine and practice that I started. Right? It's like 11 years ago. I said, you know, um, in, in medicine, we are really taught, you know, anatomy, physiology, something in between anatomy and physiology where you cannot separate uh, uh, function from uh, structure anymore. That's molecular biology, right? Mm. And, so, and, then, um, uh, and then we're taught what? Immediately we're taught pharmacology. Drug uh, pathology, what's wrong with you, right? And then pharmacology, drugs, and then surgery. So, um, and then combination of uh, pharmacology and surgery, right? So you put like, uh, you know, stents that have, you know, all of this um, uh, uh, blood thinning agents that attach to the wire and all that kind of stuff. We never deviate from that. It's anatomy, physiology, pathology, pharmacology, surgery. That's our mantra. And however, you know, just like a car, it's just like, you know, you, you, you repair a flat tire or, you know, you change out the tire, like you get a, uh, you, you know, get a heart transplant or something just like equivalent to changing a tire or you're cooling the, the engine, you put an engine coolant. If you give something for the fever, like ibuprofen or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're like so cooling the engine. We know how to do that, but we really don't know, okay, you know, it's time to change oil yeah. for the body. And uh, it's, it's time to, hey, it's, it's time to balance out your tires and it's, it, you know, it's, it's time to do this. You know, our cars are even luckier because we get a, a, a warning, you know, every 3000 miles, you know, you do this. And before we didn't have that, those warning lights. Right. And mm -hmm. because we didn't have the technology uh, at the times, so we could only see all of our, our um Technology for diagnosis, for example, or sort of the diagnosis of disease, pathology, right? Detection is basically the uh, diagnosis and treatment of disease. So we were focused on, you know, cholesterol and all that kind of stuff. Be, we, you know, where we have cutoffs, like, oh, here you're sick and here you aren't. But illness is not that way. It goes into it's a spectrum, right? Uh, from health to disease is a spectrum. So. When you are, uh, for example, now that we have the technology to look inside the cell and it's been commercialized, we can now look at what's called metabolites, right? There is a field called clinical metabolomics where you could see, for example, exactly, you know, how much your, uh, how much uh, of the metabolites of your Krebs cycle are being put out there, right? You can, you, you, you can also see your carbohydrate metabolism, protein metabolism, fat metabolism, uh, right there, the, the levels of all of those metabolites are being produced, so you could see the the efficiency of those and what you need. Right? For example, uh, when you uh, go through the uh, carbohydrate metabolism, for example, you would need vitamin B1, B2, B3, B5, you know, alpha lipoic acid and magnesium. You could see those levels now, you know, uh, inside. So 
You know, clinical metabolomics is not new. Uh, it's over 40 years old now, but it's only finding our way in the clinics. And, and the, the reason why um, uh, uh, we were not taught that is twofold. One, I tried to introduce um, bioenergetics, even just mitochondrial uh, science before um, into the curric academic curriculum, but there was simply no time to do it, right? Um, my nutrition uh, uh, studies at the time was only six hours. You know, I uh, so I had to go to I had to go to Paris, learn nutritional medicine for a couple of years. So um, so it's it's um, um, it's shameful. But then I said, you look at all of these developments, right? And I said, what's a framework by which we can look at health, not disease, right? Because when you you look at disease, you look at organ systems, right? You have you, you have heart diseases, you have diseases of brain, you have kidney disease, you have liver disease, and so on and so forth. But when you start looking at health, Sean, you have to look at the fundamental cell where all of these specialized cells are made of, right? Uh, so you, who is taking care of your nucleus, of your mitochondria, of your cytoplasm, of your cell membranes? In the plasma? No one is, right? <laughs> and the reason for that is we didn't have the technology before, but now we do. Right. Uh, and now we do. And we have those those levels. And so I said, so why not develop, you know, the maintenance part right. of, uh, of medicine? So so people saying to me, Ted, you know, um, that's preventive. No, it's not. I Preventive is in the purview of illness medicine. Right. Because they prevent diseases like using vaccines and so on and so forth. In fact, Sean, the way I get back to them is that. Is, is this, I said, you know, um, uh, it's, it's really shameful. Like I have a patient, for example, with Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, and heart disease. And I have three prevention guidelines from three different specialties right. with, you know, 30 different recommendations. I said, what the fuck? You yeah. know, I, you know, I just want to. So, so now your recommend, my recommendations are actually health optimization, uh, optimization recommendations without regard to disease, how you just like to maintain your levels of your metabolites to between you were 21 and 30 years old, which is the optimal, their optimal age, right? Uh, uh, that um, uh, when you're there, in fact, I, I said the 50th to the 75th percentile of those values is where you uh, you bring those levels back. And and uh, what happened then, Sean, is that, uh, you know, I, as proof of concept, you know, I, I started this and people, uh, you know, uh, people were getting better. Their blood sugar was dropping. Their uh, blood pressures were dropping, et cetera, et cetera. And people telling me, "Why don't you, uh, you know, make claims?" The thing is that we cannot make any claims, right? right? Because this is maintenance. This is maintenance, right? I, I can. It's, it's like this. I can balance all the tires in your car and top off your, you know, uh, your, your oil or and whatever. Do whatever to maintain your car, but I don't have control over your lifestyle. Right. right. You can run over nails as, as far as I know, you know, dry, uh, drive out in, in, in very rough roads, et cetera, because that's how you live your life. Right. right? Uh, so we cannot make any claims. And that actually distinguishes us for a functional medicine. We use functional methods for diagnosis, but functional medicine is after the root of disease. We don't look at disease at all. It's another disease thing. Right. Yeah. I am looking at a health thing. You know, right. so what's common, what's common to the entire body, right? So 
So what's needed then is a change in perspective, right? It's a change in perspective. And I introduced, you know, it's 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 been known that we are not a superorganism. We are what's called a holobiont. And superorganism is an organism that's made up of lots of organisms of the same kind, hmm. right? But a holobiont is made up of organisms of different kinds. And we are a holobiont because the mitochondria are a different set of bacteria, the the um uh the uh, the cell that does the glycolysis, you know, uh, the the uh, glycolysis or energy production is an anaerobic bacterium, right? And and uh, it's a symbiotic relationship that that they have uh, in our bodies. You know, um, um, if you take a look at our uh, microbiota, if you don't look at your microbiota, which is about two kilos right there in your intestine, as part of you then you will always be considering them as foreign, right? So the shift, the big shift that I encourage people to do if they want to do health optimization uh, and so on is to look at the body as a network of cooperating cells, right? They're a network of cooperating cells uh, doing things. You know, if you touch one node in the network, other another one will respond, right? Like, for example, uh, during flu season, uh, right? And, uh, people would take so much zinc, you know, and, and you would see their copper levels are actually dropping because the body will do that. It will uh, 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 balance those things out because, um, um, you know, people always say um, we are in homeostasis. That's not exactly the full picture. Hmm. You know, we are in a steady state, but we are far from equilibrium, you know. We are far from equilibrium. You're and the steady state, but you're far from equilibrium. You know that's model. We can be modeled in physics actually that way, right? Um, and what are we simply doing when we're optimizing, Sean? We are actually trying to resist entropy. And how do you resist entropy, right? You have to provide energy right. to to resist entropy, and that energy is used, you know, for for several things. So. Um, I've already identified to you like three pillars of health optimization. One is, you know, bioenergetics. The other one is, uh, um, uh, which is mitochondria. The other one is uh, clinical metabolomics, uh, where you detect and correct imbalances. So that's the opposite. You know, you detect and correct imbalances. And in illness medicine, you uh, essentially diagnose and treat disease. So I borrowed that from the playbook because, hey, you know, I used to be an interventional neuroradiologist myself. I know how I know how that mind works, right? Mm, yeah. um, so, and the other thing is uh, microbiota. You know, we have discovered, for example, in just in the past 10 years, the, I have a lot of patients, for example, who are either depressed or have uh, anxiety or um, are in early stage Parkinson's. You know, and I don't look at those diseases. They have their own neurologists. They have their own psychiatrists and so on. And I don't remove the specialists from the equation. Then when they come to me, then you essentially take a look at their gut and you do whatever you, you can in order to seal up that gut. If they have a leaky gut, for example, we have tests for those. You could see, for example... You know how how much the zonulin is actually being produced, which are the you know the gut junctions. Uh, you know the, that's the cement uh, between between the cells in your in your gut. Um, 
I was having a, in fact, I was having a conversation uh, last night with my crew and uh, I showed them a picture of a bodybuilder with carapacing, right? The, 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 the turtle shell that's in front, you know, you have the abs, but then it's protruding outwards. And most people think that's actually due to fat around the intestines, but actually it's not. It's actually due to overgrowth hormone um, uh, injection, because when you're doing growth hormone, right, the, the first things that will grow are those that really grow, you know, uh, the intestinal cells are replaced every what, two to five days. So uh, if you put growth hormone in there, they're the ones that respond first. So they will, you know, they will uh, actually pile on. And therefore, if you actually take a look at these bodybuilders, their intestines are actually uh, overgrown with oh. uh, intestinal epithelia. So, so you know, it's, it's just, that's just a matter of course. And you see that that's not permanent, right? It grows, it it, 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 it goes on. But when you see something like that, you, people say, oh, that's a roid gut. It isn't. That's a growth hormone gut, mm. really. Uh, so so um, you could see now here, um, you know, all of these connections uh, that you can make with, you know, uh, if you're doing, for example, growth hormone and you're, you're taking all of these uh, other hormones in, in your system, you know, they do have an effect, uh, for example, in your gut, my, uh, gut and your gut microbiota. And what you find is that if you are able to balance out their gut microbiota, you can do that by stool testing. You could see what, what um, metabolites the stools are throwing off, right? You could see, for example, uh, the level of butyrate. <clears throat> which is different from the butyrate that is thrown off when you're in ketosis, right? This is a butyrate that's actually in your poop, uh, and this is produced by your uh, uh, colonic bacteria, right? And of course, it's uh, uh, highly correlated with, you know, if you have high butyrate levels, it's uh, then you have a healthy colon, and because low butyrate levels in the stool is associated with colon cancer. I, I, but for me, as I always say, I don't give a flying fuck. I just wanna make your butyrate levels, you know, at the level that that wish you should be producing it, right? Right. Whatever, whatever side effect that that has, balancing you will have its is a beneficial side effect. Nothing else, right? Uh, in fact, I have a joke. Uh, you know, if you have a colon surgeon, uh, ask him. You know, what's the primary fuel of your colon cells? And if he answers, uh, if he answers glucose, choose another one because ah. butyrate is the primary fuel of of your colon cells, right? If you have um, a GI specialist and you ask him what's the primary fuel of your gastrointestinal tract, and he says glucose, throw me, throw me out. The primary fuel of your intestinal cells is actually glutamine, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and you have, if you have a cardiologist, ask what the primary fuel of the, of the. Um, the uh, hardest. If he says glucose, throw him out because it's fatty acids, right? So th we, we these are fundamental things. So you know what? It, now we know what's the primary fuel of the brain at rest. It's not glucose. It's lactate. So we we already know all of these kinds of things. These are basic, right? That's why I said. Uh, you know, who's taking care of your basic cell? No one is. That's why I started, you know, health optimization medicine, right? So you have you have. Yeah, you know, um, uh, all of these developments that no one is paying attention to, but medicine has nowhere to go but down, yeah. right? You you have to go to the level of the cell, and then at the level of the cell, you realize that, holy fucking shit, these are all in a network, and it forces you to have a, a network view, and what I, I'm trying to 
to get to in terms of uh, 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 getting the perspective of illness medicine doctors to look at this is to say, hey, look, when we develop a you know, diagnosis and treatment for, for diseases, right, we were looking at the population, right? Your, your antibiotic has to work across a population. Your, uh, uh, your surgery has to work across a population, right? So you, it's a population within an ecosystem. But when you start looking at health, your body itself is the ecosystem, hmm. right? Yeah. It's, a, now the, it's now the population of cells. So you see the downshift there. And it requires you to have a different form of thinking when you're looking at that. You're not looking at individuals in a population anymore. Or the body or the individual is now the ecosystem with which you're working with. And that's a huge difference in perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but but I think that's a, that's a really important uh, it's a really important idea. The fact that that it has to be custom to you, your performance, your life, your health has to be custom to you, not you five minutes ago. You right, yes. right now. Now, how much sleep, how much stress, what you're eating. That's you know? exactly it yeah. right when i say when i lecture to other doctors and i've been lecturing for over a decade uh sean is 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 this is that your quantitative statistics right or uh, your your uh random uh randomized clinical trials etc those models will work with illnesses they will work with drugs they will work with surgical right. procedures and so on but health optimization and health it's a qualitative measure yeah right it's very, it's highly individualized. You, it's not, a, you cannot do a one size fits all, you know. Um, you, can't, you can't even do a, uh, a 45 year old female population because a 45 year old female, no. it, 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 is she, does she have, uh, is she pre-diabetic? Does she have high levels of cortisol? And, and so which, which is appropriate or not for her? Right, right. So what about, I want to, to wanted to do, uh, Sean, was to create a pr framework for doctors and non-doctors, you know, what I call HOPE, health optimization practitioners, because there are more people who are non-doctors who are actually interested in this. They were more, they're more passionate, yes. right? I remember the time I was actually schooled by a 25-year-old computer programmer on, um, you know, uh, lipid biochemistry. Can you imagine that? You know, knew 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 more about lipid biochemistry than I did. I had to rush out and actually buy a book on on lipid biochemistry because it's like holy shit, you know, uh, you know uh, all of this. I thought I knew enough about omega threes, omega six, and omega nines. Like, no, I didn't know enough. Um, but uh, now we are actually at the level where, since we are at the level when we can take a look at the cell, right? We can actually measure this, uh, this omegas, right? Uh, omega three, six, nine. So you could take a look at uh, how much is in there. Like for example, the balance of your arachidonic acid with your omega threes. And uh, what I really uh, hate is that because they find that omega three is good for diseases, they now I find now in in my patients uh, or in my um, practitioners, clients, their omega-3s are so high that they actually already depressed the omega-6 levels right. uh, of, of, the, of, of the clients. And that's, and, and that's the reason why we have to look at it as a network, right? If you are going to raise something, you are going to depress something else. Yeah. And you don't know usually what that something is. My favorite example is that, you know, you can take a look at your individual amino acids, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of men, uh, for example, would be uh, taking arginine to get better boners, right? 
and uh, I and and you see that they they actually they actually develop canker sores, right? Uh, because of herpes simplex virus type one, you know. Uh, and uh, what you need to do there, you take a look at their lysine levels. Their lysine levels are actually drop because the arginine, you know, mm. will actually depress your lysine level. So you, you could see that the body has all of these uh, mechanisms, you know, the its uh, initial mechanism uh, for for anything, right, is molecular inflammation, not the gross inflammation that we know, which is, you know, uh, the redness, swelling and uh, heat and, and so on. Um, you know, they have the Latin terms like, like tumor, rubor, calor, um, you know, and functionalism, loss cool. of function. Oh, cool. And, uh, so, yeah, 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 that's old. Uh, but we're now looking at molecular inflammation, right? Now, you could actually take a look at the cytokines. Like, you, you can take a look at your, your, your uh, NF-kappa B activation. Uh, which is a master regulator of inflammation, right? You have your NF-kappa B uh, pathway and your NRF2 pathway, which are master regulators in themselves because anytime you encounter something stressful, the body will actually uh, induce um, some form of molecular inflammation. Then the NRF2 will actually dampen it down and until it's gone, right? Uh, so it's, it's a balance between the two. But we've created a world that is highly inflammatory to us right yeah. and it's highly inflammatory it's highly inflammatory to us so we it's non-stop stress and therefore our nrf2 pathway is never able to compensate and yeah. therefore we start all of this uh chronic uh diseases a simple way that i make my students uh, remember this is like if you are uh if you own an energy producing factory right um you will expect that in the factory, there will be a lot of spills, right, uh, inside, you know, and the body is really very efficient at cleaning out those spills, right? Uh, and that's the way I, I make them remember, for example, if you, if you don't put any production material in the, in the factory, you know, and shut it down temporarily, then you will not produce those spills for a while, you know, and the, and the equipment will be cleaned out. And that's the basis for the success, uh, for example, of intermittent fasting right. in terms of uh, mitochondrial, in terms of mitochondrial genesis and producing more energy for you. Right. right. So, you know, I, uh, Sean, I started uh, that intermittent fasting crap 11 years ago with my clients, you know, yeah. I was telling them there was a study, there was a study that uh, 12 hours of fasting induces mitochondrial biogenesis, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, if you don't put anything in your kitchen, it will clean itself. It's an auto cleaning kitchen, right? It's tricky because I, as I, as people are listening and I'm just sort of, and this is kind of like my secret sauce, right? It's trying to, trying to listen from, from another person's perspective, who's maybe never listened to this podcast before and they're, they're getting it, they're tracking, right? Like, okay, I need to take responsibility yeah. for my own health. I need to, I need to skip breakfast yeah. and lunch. Sometimes, um, I should turn off Wi-Fi when I go to bed, I can do yeah. all of these things, but it's 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 awfully overwhelming because the current paradigm, uh, the the current process of you know diagnosis and then treatment. If treatment doesn't yeah. work, it's surgery. You know, yeah. pharmacological. Yeah. 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 So so and and furthermore, the the fact that uh, functional medicine, alternative health, those terms are now being suppressed online through the Google Panda updates, and now you, you, you suddenly it's 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 extremely difficult 
to get really good sort of natural health information on the internet like where where do where do people start like how if they want they don't they don't just want to be um mate they don't want to just be maintained they want to be optimized like what, what what would you say to those people that are just like man i'm just i've got overwhelm right well well i was overwhelmed 11 years ago that's why i created this right <laughs> yeah. where where do i start you know there are so many plants and so many minerals and so many things and then i said well wait a minute how do i measure these things and turns out there's a way to measure everything that's why i hate magazine articles that says oh vitamin e is good for you blah 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 no 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 the fuck that get yourself measured and see whether or not you need it if you don't need it don't give it if, if you need it give it right and that's a that's a reason why i put out clinical metabolomics first as one of the pillars of health optimization is you can d detect and correct those imbalances so what can you detect you can detect um you can detect the you, all of your deficiencies i call them um uh, borderline deficiencies and subtle toxicities right in mm. uh in um in your uh, uh in your metabolites and uh one of the uh, uh one of the things that you you can see in there is your you know you could see your uh I mean, for example the amino acids uh that uh your i mean the amino acid essential amino acids whether or not you have you're taking in any of them right uh you you can see exactly how your um which particular uh vitamins and cofactors you need uh, you it will show there if you you uh, are uh, not um uh, uh metabolizing uh fat properly you probably need some acetylcarnitine for the shuttle right uh for the carnitine shuttle so for me, it's going first to the fundamentals of the cell. What does your fundamental cell need? And that's the, where the framework is based. You know, so so get yourself measured in terms of what exactly do all of the cells in my body need? In fact, when people ask me about nootropics, how to increase my brain function, you know what? Sometimes if you just optimize what your what your fundamental cell needs, your brain starts functioning properly. Because, you know, it's just like any other cell in the body. It just has all of these specialized functions of producing neurotransmitters and all. But on a um, uh, uh, fundamental level, it's still made up of nucleus, mitochondria, cytoplasm, you know, um, uh, Golgi apparatus, endoplasmic reticula, uh, and so on. And if you take a look at the uh, cell membrane, for example, the reason why we take, um, uh, we take a look at your... Uh, fatty acids in your omegas, right? Your, your cell membrane is actually uh, 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 the, the cells, uh, the cells uh, 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 interface to the outside. And this is a common question that I asked Sean, and I'm gonna ask you this. What is the brain of the cell? Uh, the nucleus. Yeah, it's the cell membrane, right? It's because it's the cell membrane that's actually mm. responding. Right, the you know what the nucleus is? It's the gonad of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexier, I guess. Right, right. So, you know why? You could actually enucleate a cell. You can take out the the nucleus, right, and the cell will still survive, right, as long as the proteins are still there. When the body needs proteins, it tells the nucleus, okay, we need we need the library, we need the the, the template for production of this protein. And that's what it says huh. to it, right? So if you take a look at, at the at the cell that way, uh, and this is my complaint, you know, we've become too DNA centric, right? Because 
because DNA mutations are very dramatic, especially if they're structural, like thalassemias, for example. They're severe, right? But in 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 um, in non-structural things, you know, you take a look at the normal function of the cell. You could actually, you know, uh, take out uh, a white blood cell, take out its nucleus, right? And you could see that it will survive for some time until it depletes the proteins. Uh, or the enzymes, you know, enzymes are proteins, the enzymes that it needs for its proper function. And so now you see, you know, uh, uh, where the repository is of the information for for creating that. Let, let's, I, I want, I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. I, I there's, I'm going a thousand miles. I'm trying to keep up. One, one thing that I've, that I've become aware of recently is like the, the senescent cells, right? So after that cell is used yeah. up, after it's no longer of use for whatever reason, then, then what is the process of, of, you know, I've heard that we accumulate these massive amounts of, of senescent cells in our body as we age, and then they actually have like a weight to them. Like what, 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 do, what can you tell us about, what can you tell us about senescent cells? Well, in, in terms of, um, the, the body has a cue, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, when, uh, when it cannot perform, it's usually uh, turns itself off when it cannot perform its function anymore, right? And these are usually remember, um, Sean, the body has its own wisdom on doing things, which is, you know, wisdom from evolution, right? Uh, look, uh, it will say, if I continue functioning, I probably am going to turn into a cancer cell, which you won't like, right? And so uh, this is probably the best thing for me probably is to remain dormant and just curl up into a ball, you know, and hope to die. Uh, <laughs> that, that's one of the mechanisms, right? Uh, instead of committing straight up cell suicide, you know, it will just say, okay, I'll, I'm going to last as long as I can. And then when I can't anymore, I'm going to curl myself up into a ball and do this. Unfortunately, by doing that, right? It will. It can leak out certain uh, molecules outside that can affect the things, uh, the the um, uh, uh, the other cells around it. And the the way I I uh, uh, tell my students about this is like, just imagine it leaking embalming fluid. You know, the the other cells are right. are actually uh, getting getting uh, embalmed too. Um, uh, but you know, that's the way. That's one of the mechanisms by which which is actually, take a look at this, Sean. On a cellular level, if, for example, uh, let's just take this in a different context altogether and just take a look at the cell. Don't look at the human being because a cell may be doing things that's bad for you as, an, as a person, but it's good for itself, right? So when, uh, for example, um, uh, uh, here, here's a cell and you are uh, providing it with some noxious stimulus, right uh say a carcinogen right and and the cell says no 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 i said this this is just this i i don't like this toxin and i want to survive i don't like this toxin i want to survive right it will because it's imperative is actually to survive just as a imperative is to survive and reproduce you know the cell does that so it will break ranks right with the cooperative agreement that is made with with the cells around it, and it said, no, 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 I want to survive. And what does it become? It becomes a cancer cell. Mm. For, so from that point of view, it is protective towards itself. It's fulfilling its imperative. But from your point of view, it has become a disease. Mm. Now you see now 
this is why I, you look at evolutionary medicine, you know, which is another pillar of health optimization, is you could see a lot of these compensatory mechanisms that the body does, you know, is actually a way for, for uh, it to defend protect or protect itself, right? But you have to look, again, at the level by which it's doing so. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my favorite example of uh, evolutionary medicine is is this, you know, you sprain your ankle. Right. And it's painful. So you have to sit down. Right. And that's an evolutionary mechanism. So he says, if you want if you want us to heal ourselves, you know, then stop putting weight on this fucking thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But what do we do as doctors? We give them an analgesic. Right. right? So it. So the question is, how much are you going to go against mm. this, right? These types of uh, compensatory mechanisms. Uh, it will swell. And guess what? The swelling is actually the equivalent of a cast. Right, right. right. So, so, uh, so, and guess what happens to your mood? You become nasty, right? I don't want to go out. And blah, blah, blah. Social isolation. And that's because, you know, the body actually wants to heal itself you know don't move about this is how this is how this is gonna is gonna heal but then we give them a crutch right and they, they hobble about they give them antibiotics so the question is how much do we intervene right, right. So there's a balance between between uh the body's compensatory mechanisms which illness medicine will look at them as disease but evolutionary medicine will look at them as these are actually our compensatory mechanisms that we actually uh, gained during evolution. This is how we were designed, you know, to to go against this. So, so that's that's uh, the the uh, the thing that we're looking at. That, at that. That's that's really interesting to me because one one thing that that, that I've noticed um, is the shift to that to that example of sprained ankle. Right? They used to say yeah. rest, ice, compression, elevation, yeah. like. Yeah. And yeah. so like, don't let it swell, keep it up, yeah. tighten it, yeah. wrap it really tight so that the, so that the swelling doesn't yeah. happen. And now that has gone yeah. away. Now, yeah. after you get knee surgery, the next day they've got you in a movement machine to move it around so that it can yeah. rush blood to, to, um, yeah. to help support recovery. And, and, and that's, that's one tiny little example of a, a shift in the paradigm, right? And, right? and what you've been working on is paradigm shifting for yes for a while. Yes, for, and, yes, and, yes. And it's and it's. It, go ahead. Let, let me tell you. I I know um I know we're in the middle of pandemic and very early on, you know, I had uh, uh essentially you know, I get calls like you know, hey, you know, Ted, this so and so doctor, department chair, and or, or or so of some hospital is is you know um, got COVID severe respiratory etc. And I said by just by fundamental mechanism, you know, give her a steroid, as a steroid will dampen the inflammation, right? It will dampen the inflammation. Of course, at the time there were no studies, right? Everyone just got mad at me for even making the suggestion. John. So guess what? Months later, months later, when she already had scarring of her of her lung and, and so on, it's like, OK, you know, you can actually use dexamethasone. Right. So it, but if you know what the body is doing, you know, hydrocortisone is a natural hormone of the body. Right. Um, cortisol is produced by your adrenal glands. Right. And one of its major roles is actually to decrease your body's inflammation. Right. It increases your blood sugar because it's ready to make you uh, 
fight and flee, but at the same time, it decreases your, your bodily inflammation. And I said, if you want to save that lung, you better start her on a high-dose steroid therapy. And guess what? I got flack for that of course. Right? Very, early on, very early on. But again, this is what happens when you don't go by first principles, right? What is the cell doing? What is the body doing to itself? You know, how does it actually heal itself? You know, how does it balance itself? But you have to take a look at it from the network perspective, that the body is a holobiont of network cells. You cannot take a look at, the, at it as an individual, but rather as a cooperating system, right? A cooperating system of, of cells. And uh, the, the reason why I got, I got so... Um, you worked up before that, uh, you know, our society is getting too DNA centric with all these DNA tests. You know, I, basically, I, I just tell them the reason why I measure metabolites is a, you know, it's clinically actionable right now. You could see the levels and you could see if you're deficient in vitamin A, you can fucking give vitamin A. And the, the, the other thing uh, uh, that's uh, uh, that's really uh, uh, very uh, significant, um, Sean, is that you cannot see in the DNA whether or not you have mercury or lead poisoning or any of such heavy metals stuff, right? So the farther you go away from the genome, right? Mm. And if you go to, you know, do you have your genome, you have your proteome, and then you have your, your um, uh, metabolome, right? And in the metabolome or the connection of metabolites, that's where you could see, that, so the farther you could see the effect the farther you are from the genes there, you can see the effect of the environment, right? And you can also see the effect of phenotype, the effect on you physically, on how you're built, right, uh, uh, to do that. And this is interesting, Sean, because, you know, I, I had a, a, a case and it was a difficult one because he had uh, so many um, diagnoses, right? Uh, his uh, cardiologist said, you know, he has arrhythmia, putting him antiarrhythmic drugs. They were... Um, um, you know, uh, 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 going to plant in a pacemaker already and, and, and all that stuff. And then there was, a, uh, you know, the uh, uh, neurologist, he had two, you know, one was saying, uh, looking at his muscular weakness, right? And was saying, okay, uh, you know, we cannot really find anything wrong why, you, why you're so weak. And of course, the other neurologist was her cognitive decline, which is very severe memory loss, you know, and... Um, uh, and then even the derma uh, said, you know, oh, okay, you could, we could pr provide you steroids for your skin. And if you take a look at, uh, at his metabolome, you would see that over time that he was manifesting these problems, you could see the mercury levels rising, mm. right? Uh, mercury said, and it, could, it would tie it up, right? That single diagnosis would tie it up to right. that, but... But you know what? None of the specialists actually acknowledge that fact. Right. You know, I I I had to end up actually doing doing you know uh, the detoxification uh, and, and so on. But you know, the the only reason uh, why it went that way is that you know he collapsed from severe weakness. Of course, your mitochondria won't function if uh, there's mercury poisoning, right? right. You, you, you will have severe muscular weakness, you know, arrhythmias will be from that. Your forgetfulness will also come from that and, and so on. So all of those could be tied with that. And all of this, you know, we have diagnosed diseases without even looking at the metabolites mm. of, of the client. So I am actually proposing that we actually 
do this uh, metabolite testing, even if you have a pre-existing disease and so on, maybe as a side effect of just balancing you or putting you between your values between the age of 21 and 30, maybe a lot of those things that you feel might go away. Right. You know? Right. Maybe, right, you know, or or can help uh, can help in your therapy. You know, it, it's not rare that I have to call the cardiologist of a, of a client and say, hey, maybe it's time for you to cut down on the antihypertensives. Your your uh, patient is already getting dizzy. Right. I don't cut it myself. Right. right. I, I just say, OK, this, this this is this. So so and, and and this is why I don't have any fights with illness medicine. Right? I, I don't fight yeah. with them. And this is the reason why functional medicine has so many fights with medicine because they're using it in disease. So uh, so I said any benefit, any side effect is a beneficial side effect. Let's put it there. And the, the thing about toxicology, Sean, and that's the area what's, what I call exposomics, it's not just heavy metals in our food. You know, there's a, you know, you have your, your uh, EMF exposures, right? You have your exposure to light. Um, you know, um, uh, we, we have our exposures, exposures to light. We have, you know, um, uh, you know, your, your, your water, you know, uh, the, how, how pure your water is or uh, how healthy your water is. You know, are, are you doing structured water or any of these types of, uh, of, uh, of uh, water, you know, and uh, uh, are you taking care of the air inside your house? You know, you don't probably don't even know if you own a house, how much, how, how many air changes per hour your, your um, house um, breathes, right. right? Because there are those, there are those metrics that are available and you can actually resolve a lot of them with a decent air purifier. Uh, and so on and so forth. You know, many years ago, Sean, I, I, you know, for one of my house, actually bought, you know, a, a, an air purifier that was intended for the manufacture of microchips. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, As so, you, do. so you, you, you know, um, and, and that's, that's, it's very simple. These are things that are around you. Are you in a sick house? You know, yeah. Dave Asprey is big with his mold thing, right? right. And, you know, uh, you know, have you had your house inspected for that? I have, you know, it, it's too bad. I, but, you know, my, my, my uh, uh, one of my patients died, but uh, he actually refused to move out of a, uh, of a sick house. Um, you know, um, uh, and it's those kinds of things that we know that we can help you, yeah. right? We can help you with this, but ultimately, it's your lifestyle that will lifestyle. determine it. Your lifestyle that will determine uh, a lot of these things. Yeah. What's so? What's what's in you? What's on you? What's around you? Right? How do you think? It, yeah. Like take care of those things, right? What's in you? Yeah. On you? Around you? And how do you think? And yeah. And, and what? And and once you start there, that was actually from um, Stephen Izell, who makes um, uh, uh, toxin-free uh, like soaps and detergents and stuff. I just, I love that idea. Once you know yeah. what's in you, on you, and around you, and I just sort of added how you think, when you start there, then you can figure out like, well, maybe the place that I spend all of my time is actually cooking myself with radiation. Maybe the air that I'm breathing is full of toxins. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe the light that I'm staying up and exposing myself to until 1130 at night without blue blocking glasses is like screwing with um, melatonin production circadian rhythm that's like increasing cortisol. It, 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 the, the hard part for me is as I hear you explaining this, this, this really important idea is 
you know, when I think about the people that I really love and I think about the, the, the health issues that they're facing, it's the right hand never talking to the left hand and the cardiologist not talking to, uh, you know, the, the lung doctor. And this, there's, there's four medications from this guy and seven medications from this gal. And there's this cocktail of stuff. And, and so what I did was I bought my grandmother a, a, a plasma generator so that she could breathe fresh air. In fact, I have it over here. It's called the Breathe Safe. 19 million negative ions, 5 million positive ions. Yeah. And, and I said, hey, I know that you wake up short of breath. I know that you're, you have brain fog every single morning. It could be a million different things. Just try breathing with this, with this thing in the morning. And lo and behold, the, the, the next morning, she was like, oh my gosh, I feel clearer. I have more energy. And, and, and it's because she's, the, the environment that she's in is unhealthy to her. But she's yeah. got to unpack and unfuck herself from all of these different yes. doctors that are that are that are diagnosing and script and writing scripts and writing scripts and writing scripts. Nobody's talking to the other person, and then it's like, well, Grandma, how many different things are you on? And she's like, well, I'm on like eleven different medications, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's 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 really troublesome. And I think the work that you're doing and the the goal of this podcast is to continue to empower people to take their health into their own hands. To, to prevent catastrophes and then optimize where 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 you can and yeah and maybe it's because of the remote nature of where, what we're dealing with with this global mess is that without being able to uh, go into your your doctor and see him or her in person with regularity maybe you can send some blood work maybe you can send a stool sample maybe you can get your deuterium um, tested maybe you can do all of these things and say okay now now i have the data that shows me where i'm at right now and then oh my gosh i have i've got a metal toxicity and 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 i and i have no detox pathways i haven't broken a sweat in 7 months i need to sweat i need to i need to open up these detox pathways i it's it's the it's at the heart of what this is all about yeah, and and uh, uh, Sean, remember that uh, when I was creating this framework, I wanted a place where you can hang all of your hacks, right? You're doing this, that, that is like, where does it really fall into? So I wanted to create a, a coherent framework where you can hang all of your hacks around, right? So, but what is it that's the biggest challenge, right, when you're doing this is that the illness medicine doctor is usually the first portal of entry, uh, and it's illness, right? It's not, it's not the first portal of entry to health, right? The first portal of entry um, to to health is actually via illness, right? So therefore, when I did this, the first thing that I did was, okay, what can detect and correct imbalances? You know, uh, what 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 can detect and correct imbalances and it's like, at what level can we now reliably do this? And that's why I started with clinical metabolomics here, you know, and it's very funny because some doctors would call me up uh, who know me, right? And say, they go, Achacoso, I don't know how to read this. Look, I don't pur purport to know how to read your EKG. So don't purport to know how to read the metabolome, right? Uh -huh. So, you know, it's a, because it's a specialty in itself, right? Sure. You cannot just take a look and say, oh, you need this. No, you have to take a look at it because it's a network in itself, right? It takes, you know, uh, I was telling my, I, I tell my students, like when I was starting this on my own, it took me five hours to actually analyze and generate a protocol for a single client. Yeah. You know, that's that because that's how the network is, you know, how how it is. And then 
from from the measurement because you have to be able to present an objective measure to the illness medicine doctors like oh my god you know i i remember a cardiologist who called me uh, after four years of convincing he finally got his uh, metabolome test and said Oh, oh my God, Dad! This is so objective. All of these things are here. He said the things that you were telling me about the mitochondria, the microbiota. I said they're all here. I said, yeah, you know, it only took four years to convince you. Yeah. But but um uh yeah. So that was the first one, and then uh, I got known for um my I don't know why I think it was Jack Cruz who pushed me to be the my mitochondria guru. Um. Uh, and and uh, I was in some documentary or the other about the importance of the mitochondria, right? And then, so that was a bioenergetics. And then, of course, the whole uh, movement on microbiota. Um, and I said, how do you incorporate microbiota into health optimization medicine? And it's via uh, really a holobiome concept because microbiota in your skin. And now they're finding, Sean, in your cornea. Uh, when I was yeah. in medical school, the, the, uh, the ureters were sterile. Right. But now, you know, that there's resident bacteria in the ureters. Uh, we, you know, when, uh, they, when I was medical school, the placenta was sterile. Now, you know, you know that placenta has resident bacteria. Right. So there's a lot of changes. And and my uh, uh, contemporaries are not really paying attention because, you know, they're really focused on their specialty. Right. So uh, someone has to pay attention to this stuff. Right. And then after that, I said, well, OK, uh, so there's your uh, mitochondria, your microbiota. Um, and then uh, I said, what about your toxins? And there's a whole new brand of, uh, of science called uh, exposomics, right? Which is, which is all of your environmental exposures to the, the number of x-rays that you've taken, you know, to, uh, you know, um, um, all, of the, all of your uh, exposures to the environment. There's a, there's a whole science of exposomics. And wow. finishing up the module right now uh, on, on the exposome, I'm sure you are familiar with the epigenome or epigenetics. These are the, uh, the um, uh, non-DNA non, uh, non, uh, control of, uh, of uh, DNA expression, right? And uh, I, I, I find it very fascinating because we just finished a module uh, on this to teach uh, other uh, practitioners. And there is, there is now um, uh, Different epigenetic clocks, you know, the Horvath clock, which measures your um, your uh, biological age from birth via your methylation markers, mm. right? Uh, uh, methylation markers, and um, uh, and this is what's interesting, uh, Sean, is uh, uh, they superimposed the data uh, and used AI of smokers using the Framingham Heart Study, and they came out with. Uh, the Grim Age clock. The Horvath clock is commercialized. The Grim Age clock is still isn't, but the Grim Age clock, by just superimposing the risk, they can give you your time to your first morbidity, meaning the time to your first heart attack. <laughs> the time, your, yeah, and it be, has become predictive. And see, uh, and this is the value of these clocks, right? Uh, the one give you time from birth, the one will give you time to first morbidity. But now uh, you could see with this of, uh, of clocks, it's the way um, I'd like to explain it is, is the way Sinclair says, uh, you know, David Sinclair, right? Uh, when he says, you know, the methylation is just like your, your, your plaque on your teeth, you know, how, how, you know, how can you remove the plaque on your teeth to make, to make it younger? So, and um, this is the model by Aubrey de Grey, right? Uh, in terms of, this is a biogerontologist. He said, 
you know, you have your healthy period and then you start accumulating uh, all of this, this uh, crud, right? And then you have your period of chronic diseases, right? Diabetes uh, and so on. And then you have your period of pain and death. We move, can we make the cells younger, right? Yeah. Such that we can remove the plaque and so that you bypass the chronic disease stage altogether, right? And that's the whole point of their study in uh, in epigenetics, of course, um, uh, the, the Nobel laureate, Yamanaka factors, uh, the, the Yamanaka, who discovered the Yamanaka factors, said these are actually the four factors that make yourselves younger. Right. And so we did that in a modified way in an experiment by Sinclair on the retina, right, mm -hmm. uh, on the retina of the eyes. And they found out that it could make the retinal cells younger. And therefore, you know, they are actually able to uh, prevent macular degeneration. So you could see that these technologies now exist. It's no longer uh, anti-aging. It's now age reversal, right? Yeah. You're uh, basically reversing the age of the cells. And it's not a bad term in itself. It's it's, it's just like, you know, what do you do in order to make a cell younger is to remove a lot of the crud that's in it. And right. that's for me, the value of these clocks in epigenetics, Sean, is really brilliant because now you could hold up your protocol, say what you're giving your clients, right? Your, the doctor that they've been seeing for five years basically has aged them from 60 to 72 right. via the Horvath clock, right? right? And then six months into your protocol, they go, they go to 55, for example. Yeah. So these objective measures, you could say you could hold their feet to the candle and say, hey, your protocol ain't working. Yeah. You know, so... So, so, and this is why I'm excited by these types of things that are emerging from all of these things that I have uh, identified. For example, the Mayo Clinic is just now validating the, your uh, my, uh, microbiota health index, you know, from your from your gut microbiota, they're validating that. You know, the uh, for mitochondria, we know that there is a test, you know, uh, they're using white blood cells now, you know, to determine your bioenergetic health index. So all of these indices are coming up, they're on health. And you notice that they're all based on the cell. It's not based yeah. on the performance of an organ or something else, right? Right. And the, the other thing that you mentioned uh, that was uh, actually important because we're finishing up the module for this is uh, chronobiology, right? Uh, you know, um, uh, the effects of uh, sleep on memory and all of that. And what's interesting is that um, you know, they are now, um, just one hospital has uh, come up now with your um, brain health index based on um, uh, EEG readings, right? Uh, from the amount of sleep that you have gotten. You know, we have now have all of these trackers and uh, and so yeah. on, like the aura ring and all that kind of stuff that do this. But this is more like, okay, you know, based on your uh, EEG waves, et cetera, et cetera. So we can actually determine whether or not you're getting adequate sleep, um, you know, uh, and so on. And what, you know, we now have what's called coronasomnia, right? And, uh, you know, people who, who, who can't sleep from the coronavirus. So we could see, you know, for me, it's like when I advise my clients on uh, hey, you know, uh, we were joking last night on on on, on, on our, our meeting is that I said, you should tell your clients, you know, the bed is for sleeping only. Uh, so it's not for sex. Sex is to be done at the kitchen table. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, <laughs> but, 
It's two things. It's two. No, the best for two things. You do two things. I'm sticking to it. I mean. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, when you have to tape up all of those LED lights and so on and so forth, it's like, you know, now you have a framework for the lifestyle recommendations and a way to test them, right? Because, yeah. you know, when you lack sleep, your cytokine levels will actually rise, right? And cytokines are your either your pro-inflammatory cytokines will be way too much. And you know that your body is getting into a state of uh, into an inflamed state. And therefore, you're more prone to diseases because your inflammation is the first defense of the body. It's what it will do, right? Yeah. But it does it molecular level. And... Uh, you know, and, and the last, you know, there are seven pillars that I've discussed with you. The last was evolutionary medicine, which I discussed to you about. It provides a proper perspective to us. You know, um, we're asking in health optimization medicine, what makes us healthy? Right. It's not, you know, what makes us deceased, but rather yeah. what makes us healthy. Right? So when you look at all of those components, you have now a framework and a perspective, which is. A really uh, a step, you know, below what illness medicine are looking at. It's smaller. Yeah. It's more network, you know. Um, and uh, as I like to joke around with, with my clients, you know, where health optimization uh, medicine and practice is actually uh, geared for um, telemedicine or telepractice or telehealth practice, right? Because you can't say to your to your butyrate molecule, hello, how are you feeling today? Yeah, it's right. like, okay, here are the values, it right? Is, here are the values. It is the future. It is the future. You know, it, it, yeah. it has to be. It just it just has to be the future of of and I don't even want to call it medicine anymore. It doesn't it doesn't it's it's the future of health. It 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 has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean, I was actually uh, asked by a psychiatrist, you know, um, uh, when I presented my 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 uh, model, my uh, framework and said, so how do you include uh, spiritual health in uh, health optimization medicine right. uh, and practice? And I said, you know, you know, for someone who's taken over to 2200 Iowa journeys yourself I said you know that the DMT is a spirit molecule right so I said so the lack of spirituality is simply a DMT deficiency syndrome <laughs> give, give give them DMT and get them balanced man <laughs> you know if health optimization is all about the detection and correction of imbalances yeah, yeah that's it man so Let's... that's how you include it it's, it's also very specific right yeah, if... it's like it's like no 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 we're not we're not talking about blah 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 practices and so on and so forth like, eh, here yeah. you know here you, it is. you like you like the DMT molecule. Put Here this, it is. Put this in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it. I, let's let's go there because I, I I do want to I do want to go there. That's and you, as you know that's that's uh, um, entheogens and and psychedelics are are a, are a big deal for me. I'm really excited about them and I and I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about it.